Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. Every Thursdays, join us as we work out these three perspectives from our everyday lives. got a topic today and it's gonna honestly i'm calling it i'm calling it right now okay this topic is gonna divide catholics from one side of the political party to the other side of the political party both sides i think are gonna get mad at us they're gonna throw banana peels apple peels tomatoes whatever they do deacon evan how are you doing very good thank you deacon evan evan wittig who is a deacon at Holy Spirit Catholic Church in Texas, San Antonio, Texas. And it, it it's funny because he's actually not necessarily involved with a particular group or a particular leadership position in the world of um, immigration, immigration yes. right? However, as you ask around and you ask, uh, hey, who should we talk to about this topic? And, Highly recommend And perhaps it. even the church's stance on immigration as a social uh, teaching, et cetera. This guy's name kept coming up. Yes. And we don't mean to embarrass you, Evan, but we are really looking forward to hearing about some of your your involvement, uh, perhaps how you got interested in this and the sharing obviously some of your knowledge and wisdom on the topic yes i do want to say one thing before we continue um one of the reasons you were highly recommended two reasons actually two one that you knew your stuff you're faithful to the church like you know the church's teachings you're you're a well-studied man and then the second one was you don't hold back your opinions. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> we love you. That. Don't hold back your opinions on both, in whatever side it is. You don't hold back your opinions, and you wouldn't be afraid of any, let's say, pressure from uh, certain higher ups or anything like that. Not that you're going to come in here and say, "Listen, this, let me tell you what I think about so and so." You're not going to do that, obviously, but that you are an honest person and you say it how it is. You're a straight shooter. So, um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter whether you're, what people think your opinion is good or bad or whatever. It's about us learning something about us opening our mind. A closed, a closed mind is like a closed parachute. It doesn't work very well. So open your mind, you know, as we start this topic, obviously right away as Christians, as Catholics, we know that the new Testament, uh, opens with the story of Matthew retelling how Joseph and Mary escaped to Egypt with their newborn son. Suddenly have, we have aliens here. We have people who are leaving, uh, a, 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 you know, in this case, uh, the paranoia of a jealous King Herod who wants to kill the infant Jesus. But right now, our own savior is in a land that is not his own, uh, running away from a situation that was not safe. How, how interesting, because that's kind of what we're seeing in so many stories about immigration. Um, so using that as a platform, just as a launch pad, what can we talk about in regards to the church's teachings or the church's stance on immigration? Well, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll get started with the church's point of view. And, uh, the catechism says, uh, 1928 society insurance, 
social justice when it provides conditions that allow associations or individuals to obtain what is their due according to their nature and their vocation. Social justice is linked to the common good and the exercise of authority. And uh, the Archbishop, uh, they actually have a Archdiocesan website, and there was a video that the Archbishop made obviously a few years ago, and he was saying that uh, Trump should not build the border wall. Clarification, Archbishop, you're talking about San Antonio? Yeah, the Archbishop okay. of San Antonio, okay. Gustavo, and uh, it was just a little short video that he made. But also on the Archdiocese website is the USCCB, uh, a bunch of documents there on immigration. I just picked a few of them to kind of look over. And uh, So let's talk about that. Yeah, get, get, it, get right into it. What is the Catholic social teaching? When Biden uh, raised the number of refugees to 62,500, they thought that was a good idea. And the bishop, uh, Mario Dauronsville, Auxiliary Bishop of Washington, he's the chairman of USCCB Committee on Migration. And he says, as a nation of immigrants, we have a moral obligation to help our brothers and sisters around the world who are in need. And they talked about the refugee admissions program. And uh, they're going to raise the goal up to 125,000 admissions. So this would be an area where Trump probably kept the number down and Biden's going to raise the number up. But uh, I found a very interesting uh, document on human trafficking I'd like to share with you uh, because it's fairly recently, uh, February 2021, they had an International Day of Prayer for Awareness Against Human Trafficking. And then this is a quote um, from the same archbishop. Today, human trafficking is pervasive throughout the world. No one is immune from its evils or its impact, including our country's 50 states, Bishop Mario E. Dorsonville. And he talks about making people aware of and eradicating human trafficking. Quote, let us reflect our responsibilities as individual and the church to make the well-being protection of victims of human trafficking a priority. We should take a firm stance against this terrible violation of the dignity of the human person. Unquote. So I found that interesting because of our present situation. They seem to be uh, for open borders, but we know for a fact the human trafficking is going on right now. Uh, when Biden got rid of the uh, MPP migrant protection protocols known as Remain in Mexico, they were also in favor of that. They opposed Trump on that. Uh, that's kind of going back and forth right now. Uh, I think a judge told Biden that he, he he needs to go back to the Trump policy, but Biden's ignoring it. So y'all can chip in on the details on that or what's happening. Well, I wanted to read from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2241. It says, uh -huh. the more prosperous nations are obliged to the extent they are able to welcome the foreigner in search of the security and the means of livelihood, which he cannot find in his country of origin. Public authorities should see to it that the natural right is respected that places a guest under the protection of those who receive him. Political authorities, for the sake of the common good for which they are responsible, may make exercise of the right to immigrate subject to various judicial conditions, especially with regard 
to the immigrants' duties towards their country of adoption, immigrants are obliged to respect with gratitude the material and spiritual heritage of the country that receives them, to obey its laws, and to assist in carrying civic burdens. That's for the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2241. So sum it up, sum it up. Yeah, so it's basically this. You're not going to like it. It's both and pretty much from what I get from that one. Pa- and Deacon, after I'm done with this, you can kind of chime in. Did you hear me? Chime, 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 yeah, chime, chime in. in. <laughs> um, um, so what this pretty much sums it up is, is as a church, we do have to respect the rights of foreigners to migrate, especially if they're leaving danger. They're in extreme poverty and leaving. But then also it says, like I said in, in the, the quote, that the country does have a right to place certain judicial restrictions and it says to the extent they are able to. So again, that's almost like a both end. It's like the country to the extent that they are able to, they have the right to do that. And also too about how uh, respecting the spiritual heritage of the country that receives them to Mm -hmm. obey Mm -hmm. and civic Mm -hmm. burdens. So this is Mm -hmm. a very Catholic, you know, the whole thing about Catholic, it's both end, Mm -hmm. you know, it's yes. And so for me, Deacon, you want to, Am I wrong? Or? I, I think that's a good a, a good approach. I'm glad you quoted a catechism because it's uh, that's not one bishop or one person. Yeah, I do. I want to quote Bishop Mario uh, Dorsonville again from the USCCB because it's a very interesting quote here. Now they're critical of the staying in Mexico policy. They're also critical of the use of Title 42, which talks about uh, I think for health reasons you got to go. You can't come back. And uh, so this is a quote, uh, we call on the administration to resume processing those seeking protection at the U.S.-Mexico border in accordance with our laws and principles. Quote, while Catholic social teaching affirms a sovereign nation's right to regulate its borders, the church's commitment to the sanctity of human life transcends these boundaries. It's possible to maintain borders with justice and mercy. Now, let us not forget the reciprocal gift of migration especially as we benefit daily from the labors of immigrants, past and present. We must work towards an immigration system that better promotes human dignity, not only for the benefit of those seeking protection, but for the common good upon which all depend. So again, this is a one bishop, but he's, he's uh, in charge of that uh, migration for the USCCB, so he has some clout. I don't think you would write something without having a sense of consensus from the other bishops. So I would think this would give you the church's position. Uh, that one line there would kind of jumped out at me was uh, social teaching affirms a nation's sovereign right to regulate borders, but the church's commitment to the sanctity of life, human life transcends these boundaries. <laughs> yeah, that's a very Catholic thing. Like, And I think one of the issues about this topic is there are certain things, and you can speak on this again after I come in, in case I do any heresies, make sure I don't, as long as I don't commit heresies, oh, I, I, keep me in line, <laughs> Bishop, uh, a deacon, sorry, deacon. <laughs> uh, so now the Catholic Church has these things called non-negotiables. For example, abortion, there's certain other things. You have to believe the Eucharist is um, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? Like the body and the blood. Yeah. You can't say, well, it's mm-hmm. a symbol. It's a cracker. It's a, it's grape juice. Yeah. Whatever. It's like, no, you can't say that. You have to um, follow that. That's official church teachings. And then the church has these things called uh, prudential judgments. And prudential judgments 
are things that this, the church hasn't officially taught or spoken or declared on. Like, again, you have the Pope, and then you have the magisterium, and then you have the traditional, uh, the tradition of the church, from the church fathers all the way down for the 2,000 years. So, so far, am I good? Am I not? Am I in the boundary lanes, Deacon? Oh, yeah. You, okay. uh... I'm not in charge of heretics, okay. so you're okay with me. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. You don't have the torch. You're not holding the torch, I'm right? I'm one not, of uh, You're not holding the light. What, okay. 300, that's about 300 deacons. So I'm just one of them. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, good. So far. All right. So no stake for me yet. Okay. So, and the thing I think this makes this a crazy issue is there, the immigration, spoiler alert, it's not a, the church hasn't officially come down on a political position. So, Politically, whether you're Democrat, Republican, whatever, uh, what, what's the RuPaul or what? Ew, that's a that's a different show. What's the guy ran the third guy? Remember Rand um, Paul? No, the one with Bill Clinton, and he almost won the third party. What's his name? Paul Ru Ru. What was his name? Uh oh, this this joke is it's 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 a uh, it's, it's losing steam quickly. It's losing steam quickly. There you go, Rand Paul. Paul or whatever. This isn't a third party event. Libertarian. Uh, so no matter what position politically you have, the church isn't fully endorsing either political party and therefore Catholics within the reins of the church are free to say, I think this policy works best. No, I think this policy works best. Whereas this abortion, that's a non-negotiable. You can't say, well, I think this policy works best. Well, I think this policy works best. You, you can't, there's no debate on the Eucharist. There's no debate on abortion, marriage. But yeah. when it comes to immigration, why well, I think this is such a contention and Dusty, you could jump in after this. It's like, this is such a, a contentious battle is because the church hasn't officially spoken on what policies you have to follow or what best serves a country. Am I right about that, Dusty? Well, right? you know, it's interesting because in try, trying to sort of put this in a, a bite-sized thing that people can, can, can digest in this world of, of social media and Twitter and fast news – you have to look at the three basic principles of the Catholic Church's social teaching on immigration. First principle, people have the right to, to, to migrate, to sustain their lives yeah. and the lives of their families. Yeah. That's number one. Principle number two, a country has the right to regulate its borders and to control immigration, yeah. which we just talked about, right? And the third principle is a country must regulate its borders with justice and mercy. And that's where it became such a big, big deal when, you know, Trump was putting up the wall and just talking so ruthlessly about people who wanted to immigrate um, and, and leaving all sorts of situations. And all of this becomes so politicized. But I go back to what I said at the very beginning, which was we open with the story of Joseph and Mary escaping Egypt with their son, Jesus. And then later, Jesus reiterated in the Old Testament the command to love and care for the stranger, right, to, to which we shall be judged. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Uh, that's pretty simple. If we are Catholics, if we are Republican or Democrat or whatever, I, I think that for me becomes a non-negotiable. And it's pretty clear to me within that realm. Now, we have a situation right now in, in Europe, which is this mass exodus from Ukraine. We have not seen European countries uh, accepting so many, and not only European countries, American 
America uh, and other countries around the world receiving people who are leaving this war that was brought upon them by Russia. Um, that is dignity. That is, a, 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 by the way, record-setting number of, of people who are leaving that country in, in, in search of being able to live their lives in peace and safety. Um, and, and I know, I had a friend recently from Los Angeles who told me he ran into a whole bunch of people from Ukraine who were at a restaurant, didn't even know how to speak English yet, but they were one of, some of the people of the hundreds of thousands, I believe, uh, maybe 100,000 or so. I'm not sure what the, what the policy is. I didn't look it up before the show. Perhaps Deacon might know. But that's a group that w we weren't expecting that wasn't part of a policy you know, uh, plan, a map that we had set out for this is going to happen. This is the migration of millions of people, right? And it's happening right now. Deacon, what, what do you say about all this? Uh, what jumps out at you? What are you present to? I read uh, somewhere there's 26 million refugees worldwide. So you have Ukraine millions there and then other other countries too. And then 47 million that are internally displaced. I guess the country itself is breaking down and are, you know, they're just homeless within their own country. So that's 68 million. That's a lot of people if you put both those groups together. I do think that Ukrainians would qualify for refugee status. Uh, you know, here in the United States, uh, even at 165,000, that, that could be swallowed up pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah, I also agree with you, the, the sense of the Christian ethic, uh, Christian point of view, church point of view on immigration, I think is a general rule. We can accept it. Then you get down to the particulars of you know, how do you handle your borders? How many immigrants do you want? And I think that's the contentious issue, right? Is like how the hows, either or, or, it all, you know, again, Republicans, yeah. uh, Democrats, yeah. whatever Joe Rogan is, <laughs> whatever, you know, all the political parties. Are there. Well, let me read something from the great doctor, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite saints. Um, this is a quote from him, St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the doctors of the church. Man's relations, uh, man's relations with foreigners are twofold peaceful and hostile and in directing <laughs> both kinds of relations the law contains suitable precepts when any foreigner wishes to be admitted entirely to their fellowship or mode of worship with regard to these certain orders was observed for they were not at once admitted to citizenship just as it was law with some nations that no one was deemed a citizen except after two or three generations, as the philosopher says. And when he says mm. the philosopher, he's talking about Aristotle. Um, the last mm. one. The reason for this was that if foreigners were allowed to meddle with the affairs of, the, of a nation as soon as they settled down in its midst, many dangers might occur, since the foreigners not yet having the common good firmly at heart might attempt something hurtful to the people. And again, this is a long time ago, uh, but... The reason I turn to uh, Thomas Aquinas is because we always turn to the fathers to help us guide in the modern time, even if it's not exactly, exactly the same as one of the doctors of the church. And going back to that thing, um, Deacon, um, how, how we're, okay, give us some tools 
that we can do to form our conscience to make better decisions. Because I've always heard it, it's, it's a fallacy. It's, it's not, I mean, not a fallacy, but it's wrong. It's a misconception that the church says, we'll just follow your conscience and that's it. That's actually wrong because your conscience could be broken. <laughs> You're like, well, my conscience says I can have three, uh, three wives. And it's like, no. Well, <laughs> Importantly to that, let's add to the mix the fact that we know that yeah. there, there will not be an end to poverty, yeah. to war, to misery in yeah. this war world. War will always be with us. Right? Yeah. Developed nations will continue to experience pressure from so many different people, from so many different places, to resettle in their lands. How do we take all of that as Catholics? Yeah. What tools, like Roger says, do we have? What what sense of morality do we put into play? How, how do we handle this? Yeah, as, as, yeah, so how do we do that, like, navigate that situation Mm -hmm. in light of church teachings or or, yes yeah i think that uh it's it's a very good question i I think your catechism is probably a good place to start and then uh like you've already quoted and aquinas was very good that was an excellent uh input from him uh i do want to touch just real quickly on the the united conference of catholic bishops the Catholic Church has done a lot to take care of illegal immigrants, and they've received $53 million from the government to help cover their expenses. So out of total revenues of $188 million, $53 million comes from the government. And so I would say, at least here in the United States, the Catholic Church has skin in the game. In other words, we see people coming, we got to get them a place to stay, we got to get them clothes, we got to get them food. But then by the same token, they're, they're receiving money from the government. And so uh, it's, that's, that's something that probably should be looked at at another time. But uh, there's a lot of benefits from legal immigration. Uh, but there's something that we don't consider sometimes is the, the negative side of an open border. And uh, which is where we're at right now. I think the pendulum, some people might have thought Trump was too hard. And now some people are thinking, I think uh, a lot of people are thinking that uh, that Biden is, is too easy. I think uh, 80% say illegal immigration is a serious issue. And 68% say that uh, Biden's signals are encouraging illegal immigration. And his policies have uh, 55% believe that Trump's policy should be brought back. This is a Harris poll. Oh, I was just going to ask. Um, I was like, where, where is it? Okay. Yeah, this is a Harris poll that was in June 2021. So uh, 64% of registered voters. Now, here's uh, the consensus of the governed, okay? So uh, this is the rest of the country. Not everybody's Catholic. Not everybody's Christian. Uh so this, uh, we have to see ourselves also as citizens. 64% of registered voters want Biden to issue new stricter policies to reduce the flow across the border. Uh, only 7% of voters actually know the numbers of coming across the border. Uh, a couple of months ago, either in May or April, we hit around 200,000. And uh, I got some numbers in front of me also, if you like. Yeah, please. I was curious about that. So 2019, when Trump was president, we had uh, 859,000. These would be called apprehensions, okay? And uh, let's see. 
that last year, 2021, 2 million apprehensions. Now that means they caught you. <laughs> in other words, they're in the criminal space. Their, their presence well, was they, they uh, undocumented were, they were immigrants. App- they were apprehended, you know, and then uh, what happens after that? They were able to, most of them, I would say all but maybe 400,000 were sent back. Okay. And then they come right back. Uh, this, um, <laughs> they have uh, they have recidivism here. They, yeah, because uh, uh, on top of I all guess the, they're not they're not taking them far enough. <laughs> well, the, on, on so top of right all back. the issues of how many people are we letting in and those numbers, right? We have an undocumented immigrant population. We have uh, we do have that. Uh, it's grown a year from November twenty to November twenty twenty one. We increased by one million. Where um, I have a report here that was in January 2021, so it shows 2020 and uh, 14.5 million, costing 134 billion. Uh, I don't know if that's government programs. So, and the numbers for 2021, the most recent year, is uh, 15.5 million. This is the number of illegal immigrants in the country costing $143 billion. So it went up a million in the last year. And in, um, let's see, I think I have 2017, it was only 10 million. So under the the harshest view, these undocumented people, which are considered again in in the criminal space, right? Because they're here without permission. In, in the harshest view, there are people who say these people are completely undeserving of rights or services, but that's not the view that we have as Catholics, which our social teaching tells us that every person has the basic rights uh, that they're entitled to, to to have met their food, their shelter, their clothing, their education, their health care. So that that's a that's a huge issue. That's a huge number. Those are huge numbers that you're sharing with us. Yeah, but I and and even in even in Trump's days, uh, if people weren't breaking the law, you know, uh, they're trying to catch him at the border. And then if you committed a crime of some sort, those are the ones that were mostly deported, you know, MS-13 or criminals. Right. Uh, I have another interesting stat. Seventy five percent of U.S. citizens affirm illegal immigrants can stay in the country legally if they meet certain requirements. So I think. As a country, okay. we're open. Yeah, uh, we're open to having immigrants. Uh, right now, we're allowing about uh, 2.6 million with green cards every year. So we're we're open add- to an immigration policy that will allow people to live here and to contribute to society, and then eventually achieve a legal status. You're saying? Yeah, I think. I think the way I would present it, this is my personal opinion, but I, I think that that middle of the road, I, I'd mentioned that uh, I kind of like a common sense approach. So number one is get rid of the criminals. Number two, allow more people here legally, give them a legal card and let them work here, you know. And then uh, people that come here to work, that's fine. Yeah, you know, three or four or five years and then you know, either renew or go home. But if you come here to work, you're not in, you're not in line to become a citizen. You're just here to work. Got it. All right. Then those that come here legally want to be citizens. It needs to be a lot easier. It's very difficult and it's very frustrating 
I know a few people that tried to do it the legal way. It was like 18 months or two years or something. And, and it, a lot of know, money, by was, the way. It was a lot of hoops to jump through to come here legally. Uh, and so it's it's kind of kind of wiry, wired wrong. But I think I think the, if you judge what people want, people want the law uh, obeyed. They want the border secure. We just need to know who's coming across. I think I that's think common you, sense. I think you have like a similar uh, a similar um, idea to me. Uh, my, my mine is similar to yours. Like I was saying, like why don't I don't know how much it is exactly and how long it takes. But like, why can't we just legally like make it? Uh, sh- again, I don't know. I'm just shorter and uh, less money to do it the right way because you're incentivizing people to do it illegally. Whereas someone exactly. like who did it the right way and they're waiting years and paying money and all of a sudden just coming in, kind of like uh, cuts in line. And I was like, yeah. well, that's not justice. Justice is is a Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. Uh, what is justice? Justice is, is to render one which is due. To render one which is due. That's justice. So I, I think it's unjust. Uh, so like that, you have kind of similar to what I was saying. I was like, yeah, man, uh, you need, you do need to control your borders. You need to know who's coming in. That's a, a no brainer. Like, yeah, how do you not, nobody can just walk in my backyard and just be like, Hey, you got to knock on my door say, Hey, uh, you know, I dropped something. Can I go in the backyard or whatever, whatever it is, you got to come to my front door not, you can't hop the fence and just have people, you got to control that. Uh, but I do agree that we should make it easier for people who like want to come here and they, they don't want to do no crimes. They don't want to commit murders or nothing like that. They just want to like yeah. literally um, have a better life. And I'm all for that. Like, I think that's great. We need to make it cheaper and we need to make the time period uh, less and make it less a hassle to incentivize people doing it the right way because countries do yeah. have law. And if you break it, like you are like, again, like uh, how about Americans? If an American try to go to another country, see what happens, like they're not going to have that. So uh, this is yeah. why I think your approach is similar, to, similar to mine, but I think our approach might piss off both sides of the party because uh, you might have people that are hardcore like, no, uh, you know, we don't want no immigrants, which oh, I think it's rare. I don't think there's a lot of people in America who say that, but you know, that, that's, that's rare. That says, I don't want nobody from this country. Nobody says that, but I'm sure you have those people. So you're going to piss off them. All right, the but hardcore. And, and you guys <clears throat> common sense approach, yeah. uh, both of you talking about these sort of different approaches to doing and sort of sim- making more simple the process, et cetera, which is all very nice. Where do we, how do we deal with who has the right, a superior right to immigrate? For example, you know, you consider a a, a fleeing refugee from a war-torn country, a poor family that is just trying to make a better life for their own family, or a computer engineer that's trying to get a better job. Where do you? How does that play into? Yeah, right. right? There's like a yeah. There's I think, uh, and again, that this uh, unfortunately with the democracy, it's messy because you have the left and the right shouting at each other. When I really think we could come up with something, I would say uh, a refugee should have top priority. Uh, He lost his country. Yeah. Uh, maybe if he stays, if he goes back, he'll be killed yes. or something like that. Like the Jews uh, and Nazi whose life is uh, in danger during World War II, like the Jews in, in Nazi Germany. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and we. Uh, so that's number. But one. I would say, like Ukraine and Afghanistan, uh, the people that helped us in Afghanistan. Hopefully, they, they got out. But uh, people like that whose lives are in danger. Okay. You know? 
And then now that could be temporary because hopefully Ukraine will settle down and they can go back. And then, and then you have the very poor countries, uh, and let's say corruption, crime, uh, violence, uh, a lot of Latin American countries are have that, that would describe them. I see that as a lesser. Oh yeah. I see that as, as a little bit, a little bit lesser. Hear me out. Uh, war-torn mm-hmm. countries. Definitely. You're, you're, you're literally fearing for your life. Yes, definitely. Refugee status again, legally like go in there and you can apply and, and wait all that. Uh, but I, I feel like lesser, let's, for example, El Salvadorian or whatever. I don't know about their country. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm wrong and they're like, Oh, but I feel like, um, I don't think they're, I think they're just poor, but not like war torn, like, because then they could just go to another city. That's not like, I'm sure all of, uh, Brazil is not horrible. You know, like in the movies, like there's millions oh. of people that live in that country. You're telling me all those millions, there's no safe places. Like some countries yeah. are not third world countries. Like some countries are second world countries. Like if you come mm-hmm. from a second world country, I don't know if I buy the, fleeing for your life because then you can just go to another state in the country so i i, I see that mm-hmm. as a lesser not not disqualify you but i see it as a lesser does that kind of make sense yeah see as we yeah. wrap up this yeah intriguing yeah. Mm-hmm. very well intriguing you know topic. as we do wrap up because we're running out of time um do you guys think that the immigration policy that we have right now with biden is merciful and just no i don't think it is and that, I, I think, the real short version is is if you look at the statistics on human trafficking and rapes, like people coming here, wow, I, I don't know oh, I wish I had I should have had that but like the the people that that come here by the coyotes who are vicious. I'm In sure there's a n- I'm sure there's a nice coyote just like there's like oh there's a nice drug dealer he's a, he's a nice cartel. <laughs> I'm sure there's one, but for the most part, no. man, the sexual assault numbers even the border security has put them out. The NSA has put them. Out. It's crazy, and I don't. I don't want people doing it that way because it leads yeah. to that they're safer doing it the legal way, way a lot. So that's real quick. We can't get into it because we're wrapping up. But I would say no. It's not merciful enough. Deacon Evan, what do you think about whether the jo- the the laws that we have? Yeah, right I, I I agree because uh, we're we're not looking at the cost of this. The, you got illegals, welfare, crime, prisons, hospitals, schools, families, uh, fires, DUI, break-ins. Uh, some people think that all immigrants are good. I would say you could probably go 80 to 85 percent pretty safe, you know, but there's that 15 percent. So you, that's another reason to have control of the border so we can keep the bad people out, let the good people in. And what's going on right now is pretty much bad. They're letting everybody, anybody in. The cartels are getting rich and powerful, and that's not good for Mexico well, or for us. That's a big problem, the cartels and drugs. They just, what, a $7 million shift in methamphetamine in San Antonio or Texas recently? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, all right, Matt, Deacon, I think we can go more on this topic. Maybe we'll have you on for this. But uh, the, the, the end of the story, or the moral of the story is, we didn't solve it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, right and left. For the right hey, wing and the left good. wing. We did the, good. Well, we, we at least <laughs> shed light on what the stance is. Oh, right? one, I, oh man, I forgot I was going to ask you this real quick. Just yes or no answer because I should have asked you this earlier and I kind of forgot. Do you think the church in America right now, priests, deacons, are they doing a good job at educating and giving the tools of everyday Catholics to make judgments, prudential judgments on immigration issue? Yes or no? No, 
Yeah, I, I, I would what, agree okay, with you. Okay, so, so, so what? just briefly, what should they be doing more of or doing at all? Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm more on the evangelical side of things. I think uh, Catholics need to learn their faith first. It's, it's sad that Catholics don't know their faith, so that's number one. Uh, know Jesus, know the Bible, know the sacraments, and then know the catechism. And then from there, you can form your conscience. But right now, Catholics are pretty much like everybody else. Uh, they poll the same as the average American. So they're not, they're more American than they are Catholic. So the church has failed in, uh, in catechizing and teaching. And uh, it's, it, it's for everybody. It's not just the bishops. It's, it goes all up and down. The, and the people themselves, you know, we're, we're responsible. You talked about forming your conscience. We're responsible to form our conscience. You know? That's right. Wow, right. that's a well, topic in and of itself. Yeah. We should push yeah, that definitely. agenda because that is what this, top, this podcast is about, yeah. is shedding light where nobody has really taken the time to give voices to, to the issues and the topics to people who have not had voices, right? So... That's a very, very, I, I thank you, first of all, yeah. Deacon, for your honesty and your absolute, um, gosh, your wisdom on this topic. It's obviously, we were led to the right person, but I would love to have you back to talk about just definitely. that alone. That's that's a very important this issue. This definitely shed the light and I think intrigued people to want to know more about this issue. Because I, I agree with you, we, we're, the church has not done a good job. I, I would 100%. So, oh, Deacon, thank you for joining us. Uh, all right. All right, man. Thank you. God. Oh, Deacon, one more thing. Can you can you leave us with a blessing? A prayer, yeah, a prayer, especially about this. Yes, can you, end, can you close us in a blessing? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be gracious and let his face shine upon you. May the Lord look upon the people on our border and grant them safety. And a happy homeland, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Peace out, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for joining Thank us. You. We'll Roger. see you next week. That's Dusty. God bless. Amen.